All right, welcome back and happy new year. Just outside podcast, man. We've it's been a minute, Mike. A hot it's been minute. A minute. But we're it's been back. a year. It's been a year, really. The first, this is the first recording in the new year. And uh obviously when January comes around, it's it's the crazy transfer season. Lots, lots, lots to talk about. So today we thought it'd be perfect to bring this guy on and you know get his opinion, get to get to talk it up, chop it up with him a bit too. Only so good today, guests. Only good guests. And you know what? We always only have good guests, man. <laughs> only, yeah, only. Only. But today we got Mitchell Turney joining us, and he is an editor of the Waking Red podcast, editorial director for Darby Magazine as well. So, Mitch, so thank you for joining us, brother. Yeah, yeah I'm honored to be the, the first guest of 2022. That's that's awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's yes, big, sir. actually. That's, I didn't even take that in. Yes, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, no, we're excited to have you, man, because obviously there's a bunch, bunch of stuff to get to that will... Uh, We'll talk about later but man let's get it let's get into a little background first of uh what you do what you've been doing how you got to that point quickly and uh yeah just give us a little background about yourself for the people yeah absolutely so growing up was was kind of a hockey guy mostly like soccer was was there as well but i was a big hockey guy and then went to journalism school at ryerson and in my first year um i was doing a project on waking the red actually at the time the the director there um and was like oh can I come write for you guys? And he's like, yeah, sure. How would you like to, you know, like none of us really travel into Toronto. So how would you like to go to the press conferences and go to the games for us? Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> and uh, my first game actually was Jermaine Defoe's home debut. So things, wow. uh, things were pretty amazing from there. I was just sitting <laughs> wow. in the back of the press box and like all the royalty of Toronto sports media are in there. And I was feeling like a super young kid. In fact, I think, one of the writers even came up to me and was like, wow, they let super young kids in here now. Yeah. So how I was old like, are you? How old are you? Probably 18 at the time. Yeah, first, second year. Wow. First year of yeah. uni, wow. Yeah, so um, that, that's how it all started. And from there, I mean, I've gotten to cover two MLS Cup finals, uh, them obviously the winning it as well, and yeah. plenty of stuff after that with the national team and, and Toronto FC as well. Um, then Darby Magazine. More recently, uh, Taglin and I have been boys since Ryerson as well. And Whoa. Yeah, we just uh, we just linked up. I think I came in about a year into the the process where they, they needed someone to to do all the words. They have the photography and all that stuff that I don't fully understand down. And uh, and so I came in to to help with the editorial. And yeah, we're two magazines in, and maybe an exclusive for this podcast. Another one, maybe uh, maybe coming soon. So oh, they they plugged it. Shout out to those guys. But they yeah, they, they plugged they beat, it hard. They beat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> exclusive. That that makes sense too. <laughs> oh, crazy, bro! It's crazy how quickly kind of things happen for you then there. So, what season was that? The full when the full game? 2014. 2014. 14. Yeah. Seven years at it. Been about well, seven eight years, years though. Yeah. So now you're now you're a soccer. I know you said you're a hockey guy growing up, but now it's what? Just strictly soccer? Uh, I still do a bit of hockey. That's, uh, yeah. that's part of my day job. Is is still the hockey stuff, but soccer is my main love now. Like yeah. being so connected to it, and like the difference between like watching the sport, but now like knowing some of the guys on the field and having right. that like yeah, you have that, that connection. connection like yeah, yeah it, it, I'm a soccer guy now. First, right, and obviously now with everything going on, obviously TFC bunch of stuff, but even Canada soccer, the way everything's going now, it's just like this is going to be I think amazing year for the men's yeah. side at least. It's going to be amazing year. You know, the women's been doing it. For years and years now but yeah i'm really excited like really excited to see what's going to happen this season but um or this year i'm glad i'm glad you converted 
<laughs> too, many, we have too many hockey guys in Ontario, especially. Oh, we need, yeah, we yeah. need to bring them over. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 definitely funny. Like I still work in a hockey environment, like sometimes too. So I True. mean, the the no goals are going to be scored in the diving. I get both of those all of the time. So yeah, yeah, of course. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So let's let's get into it. We got to get into it. Obviously, we got to start. Lorenzo and Senior boys. What do we think? Lorenzo has made his way to Toronto. Um, big, big, big deal. What do you guys, what are your first thoughts, Mike? What do you think? My first thought is just, wow. Like, bro, I, what was it? I saw this guy play like just a couple of months ago at Roma. Like, and I was yeah, right. Cause you saw that game. over there. I was, I was there. I was watching it. I was like, Hey, like he's, he's a captain. And like, you hear all the stories about him. When I was in Naples two years ago, like everyone just talks about Insignia. It's like, everybody rates maradona but then all of the guys and all of the locals talk about insignia because he's from there right? he's like yeah he's the local boy he's the local boy he's been there for a long ass time so everybody rates him and like worships him so to think like i thought he was going to be like a tutti and i thought he was going to stay there and play out his career and just finish there but the fact that he's like made the move is just i find it really surprising but when you see the money that's offered yeah. i can understand Honestly, Mitch, what do you think? What are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I still remember when I first heard of like this potentially happening, and I think it was maybe around September, late September, early October, where okay, yeah. I was talking to someone about about like who Toronto FC might be going after next year, and they're like, "Oh, Lorenzo Insigne." It's like someone who would definitely know what they're talking about, and I was like, Haha, "Yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> funny." And they they like deadpan me. They're like, "No, like seriously, they're yeah, trying to get Lorenzo Insigne," and I was like okay but like ever since then i like i definitely believed all of the rumors when they were talking to him and that sort of thing but to go from that stage like it's it's super easy like bill manning even said his it initially happened he was just going through transfer market during the euros because he had a like super down day with toronto fc and was just picking out the guys who were out of contract and he's like insigne like that's one who we could potentially move and then like that's literally how that started like to go from that to being able to to sign a player of his caliber because like you mentioned, Mike, like this guy's still in his prime. Yeah, man. Play for almost any team, if not any team in Europe. But like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So that's the yeah. That's what the crazy thing for me: the fact that he chose Toronto, where I'm sure he had options in Europe. Maybe not for that money, but I'm sure like there's options for him to stay and and uh, continue his career over there. But I'm no, I'm interested to see how he'll do over here, man. But that money is just crazy, 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 crazy. Bro, we got the bag. Like that's a lot. Was yeah. It, I, I think you said what is it? Twelve million US a year. Yeah, it's twelve million, but uh, with with bonuses and stuff, apparently it'll be closer to fifteen million. A fifteen, year right? I saw like four and a half with bonuses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I'm I'm sure it's like probably champ maybe championship goals. I'm sure it's in that with the bonuses, bro. Craziness, mm -hmm. craziness, craziness. But you guys think? Obviously, we had Saba here, and he probably took Toronto to well him and a few took Toronto to the heights that we've never seen do you think what do we think now with Insignia because I think it can't just be him obviously they're going to need more but do you think even just individually can he match what he what Jovinko did here you want to take this away Mitch you got this sure um 
Well, it's, it's a bit of a tricky one. I mean, in terms of like the impact of his signing on the league, I think it's, it's bigger that, than Sebastian Javinko's. Yeah, position. I think that's, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. The, the money alone. I mean, he's getting paid more than 21 clubs paid their entire team last year. <laughs> so like <laughs> that alone crazy. makes it. Uh, stat. That's a stat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that alone makes it, uh, makes it kind of ridiculous. But again, just signing a player like that, who's, who's in his prime. But the thing is like, it's tricky because he's unquestionably a better player than Seba was when Seba came over and at any point in his career, like Azini is a yeah. better player, but I think MLS has come a long way since 2015. Like the, yeah. the, the average player in MLS is much better than they were at that point. So 100%. I think it might be a similar impact in, in the sense, like on the, on field, I think kind of similar to the way Sebastian Javico, maybe not 2015 quite, but 2016 after that, he was, he was a dominant yeah. player um off the field though i mean in terms of what it does for toronto fc and major league soccer brand i mean it's it's almost apples to oranges i know a lot of people were shocked that sebastian javinko came but like this is a huge recruitment for both huge. the league and, and the club do you think that it's like mls's biggest ever signing yeah i'd say so because a lot of the other guys like again they were sebastian javinko level where sure they're playing at top clubs or, or they were recognizable yeah. names but they were kind of on the peripheries of those teams. Like, again, like you mentioned, this is the captain of a Champions League side yeah. and like a Champions League knockout side at that. And uh, the other clubs that were mentioned when Insigne's name came up were Tottenham, you know, Inter yeah. Milan, like they're top, shit. Top Tottenham are shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, TFC has more trophies than Tottenham in the past. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, Keith, what do you think? No, I think it's great, bro. I think it's great. But the biggest, biggest MLS or no? I think for me, obviously you have the guys like the Henri's, the Beckham's and all them, but they didn't come when they were 30, you know, 29. They came later in their career. They came later in their career, right? So I think you're going to get, like you're getting prime. You're going to get some, like a few good, like very good years of of, um, senior here, which is different from those. So in that sense, I think, yeah, it's, I'd say so. It's probably one of the biggest, one of the biggest. I think though the Becks, when Becks came over, that was that of course that's different. Yeah, it changed the whole league for yeah. yeah, that changed the whole realm of the league, right? That's how DP started when Beckham came, right? So yeah, yeah, man. I don't know, but it's it's interesting because I know they still and we'll get into it in a little bit, but I think they still got to put a team around them that uh, will help him thrive. And I know we can now probably touch on um, the other two DPs right now that are still considered DPs on the team and Josie. And so, Dato, so where, where, Mitch, do you know of anything? Have we heard? Because I know I, I heard they're trying to, they're looking for a buyout for Josie, I think. Yeah, everything I've heard is that Josie's absolutely gone he's, next he's year. Not coming. Not, yeah, yeah, he's not coming. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure what the, the holdup is um, in terms of, you know, announcing that or, mm-hmm. or finalizing that. But I, I'm surprised it hasn't been announced already because my understanding was the <laughs> second Bob Bradley got there, he's like, no, this guy's not still still part of my plans, especially yeah. at, with the designated player tag and with, you know, the fact that, as you said, one of these, one of these three guys has to leave and it's not going to be Pozuelos. So it's one of the other two at, at yeah. minimum. Um, so tell those interesting, that one's going to be. A, yeah. Cause I keep, keep hearing him linked with people too. Mm-hmm. Loves. Yeah. I think that one to me almost strikes me like a Defoe signing where on the field, it's actually been pretty good. Like he put up a lot of assists this past year. He was, he was a decent player on the field, but I don't think he really, has been enjoying life in Canada very much, which oh. is somewhat fair enough considering the year that both <laughs> the, the club tie, and, yeah, kind and of we've had as a yeah. country. 
Honestly, you didn't get to experience the city. No, nothing. Yeah. yeah, I think if he came at a different time, because you saw he was, he was quality. The games, mm-hmm. the times I watched him, he was quality. But I think, yeah, it was unfortunate the timing for him that he came over here. Yeah, I don't think he really meshed with the the team, especially as well as there was a kind of awkward uh, interview in the the like postseason press conference where they asked Pozuelo about him. And he was kind of like, "Yeah, we're not really friends. We just kind of played it on the same team." And it was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't know if he meshed the greatest with the, the rest of the side as well. So I think the the sort of good news for Toronto is they have till July, in the sense that like that's when Insignia comes, so they don't yeah. have to get rid of both or, or one of these guys until then. But I mean, I don't think you'd want to go into the season with a uh, Josie or a, or them, right. So they can have, Cause we've also heard them link with, um, who was a Pilotti. Mm-hmm. There's another, was it a center back Italian center back? I saw. Yeah. Um, Crescito. Yeah. Who's a left back center back kind of can play both. Oh yeah. If they can open up. They're that. just targeting Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, got the recipe, they got the recipe for success once, so then they just go, okay, Italy, Italy, yeah. Italy. Might as well do it again, man. From all the player names I've heard, like it seems like they just sent their scout to a Genoa game, and like they've <laughs> yeah. been linked to like three Genoa players at this point. So, I mean, it's been, all, all of them would be great signings, but it's so funny. Oh my god! And bro, so it's a perfect place for them. Like you really think about is. like all like the communities and stuff like that. I think they got to start targeting maybe some Portuguese guys, and then it'll be fine. Bro, even there's so many people, even Croatians, man. Bro, yeah, I would love for. I think Modric is gonna come to the MLS in maybe like two years. You think so? Yeah, he's gonna go to like Miami or something. He loves Beckham. Yeah, Beckham will definitely get some guys in there. But But he's he's been awful running that club (laughs) and what they've been doing at Miami. (laughs) Yeah, they've they've taken some time. (laughs) Yeah, shocking, shocking. The funny thing is they've been doing what all the like big MLS clubs do is and like pushing the rules to the boundaries and breaking some of them. They're yeah. still just garbage. Like like yeah. all like the Atlantas yeah. and like the LAs, yeah. like they 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 always push the rules and like found little loopholes. Miami's been doing that and still haven't been able to put a good team on the field. Just crazy. But I think eventually it'll work, man. Every who wouldn't want to play football in Miami, man. Like yeah, yeah exactly. They'll get players. They'll get they just there. gotta figure out their, yeah. who's their coach? Structure. Isn't it fucking Neville? The yeah. Sack, yeah. though. Yeah. But like he's fucking shit. So <laughs> that's good. They gotta start yeah. from there. That's the thing. They bring those some of those guys from Europe when they bring over. They don't have any idea how to run a team in MLS. It's so different than Europe. It's completely different. So structure. different. You need somebody who knows the league to have success. I think it takes time to know the league. But also, we gotta touch on um, Richie. Richie Lara's big move. Shout out Richie. Yeah, shout out and congratulations to Richie, man. That's big. And I think he's going to do bits there. I think that's a perfect situation for him. You know, a team that can uh, can push for a playoff. And now hopefully they see them beat Arsenal today. So maybe they can go on a little run in the FA Cup. It would be crazy. So excited for him, man. I think obviously those type of moves not only help him and personally as a player, but also Canadian national team, man. So that's big moves. Big their, moves. their gaffer was the he was at Swansea and he coached a lot of those young guys. I think he was the U18 England coach. So he's like really like well known for development and getting players okay. up. Like he coached like Saka as well. So yeah. if having someone like that as your manager and getting like prime experience and trying to get like you there. And if I'm sure like everybody in the championship, it's clear, like get to the Prem and even players are like, I want to get to the Prem. So I think it's a perfect situation for him. Yeah. He got that coach came in in September and they didn't do they didn't get off to a great start, but they've just made like three big signings. They're 
hopefully trying to get a fourth, some guy from Millwall, striker from Millwall. But if they can get into a playoff, then anything can happen. Anything can happen, man. Yeah, Mister, you had you heard of anything with Richie over the last few months with his move uh, and like anything like that? Yeah, I've heard I'd heard little rumblings, but you're never sure. Like I like he's been pretty upfront about the fact yeah, that he wanted he, to go to Europe. So like that, it, it was no secret that like he was at least considering a, a move to Europe. Um, so I mean, it's like you said, it's a good spot for him, and the the development thing's interesting because he's 27, which you know yeah. for most footballers like you're almost your finished product at that point. But I think it was Christian Jack. And if it wasn't Christian Jack, I mean, he makes good enough points that I am happy to uh, attribute this one to him. (laughs) But he mentioned the fact that like Richie's been playing fullback for like three years. So while he's 27, like he's still developing as a player and in this position and like, he's still getting better and better every game. And you see him, especially with the Canadian men's national team. Like when you put really solid players around him, like he, he thrives. He's been one of the best players for Canada, like consistently throughout this, this, like past qualifying cycle. So yeah. I think he's, I think it's a great spot for him. And I mean, obviously we know the championship is a, is a physical league, but yeah. I know Richie loves the rough stuff. So he I think he'll be it. an awesome fit. In there. That's why I think it's perfect, man. And was there any truth to that, uh, to T uh, seat with that offer that they left on the table? I think so. Yeah. Like I do think they really, really wanted to keep Richie. And I think they're, might be a couple of other players who they want to keep that that might uh, might be heading out here shortly. Yeah. Um, but I do think, yeah, that they definitely they definitely tried to keep Richie around, and I think again, Europe and and the national team looms super large. Like that's all of a sudden that's a top priority for these guys when it's yeah. never been in the past few years. Like they exactly. want to be yeah. they want to be in form and they want to be a part of this team because they know all of them how close they are to making a World Cup. So exactly. you know, getting to Europe augments Richie's chances of playing like for the national team it just simply does and like we always talk about that like the world cup is such a stepping stone like all eyes are on it yeah and like all these guys are thinking okay like we can possibly make it now let's get somewhere and then it's like a stepping stone like think of like the euros of like ryan babel or like james rodriguez at that yeah time all those guys that was breakout tournaments yeah and they get signed and they get a big deal and then there's their stepping stone they're at a big club so for richie to like set himself up at nottingham potentially before a world cup is huge and there's wingers like there's players in the championship like can't forget that like he's going to be going up against some quality players and like think about fa cup next round Lester. like he's going to be going up against the harvey barnes you might have to track jamie vardy like joe like there's he's gonna get tested and those are i know i'm sure he's just frothing out the mouth man just waiting for those opportunities man so so he's, sick. He's gonna chalk so him down. It goes back to what we were kind of saying about like Miami being shit. Like Orlando had Kyle Laren and him, and they both let him go. I know, <laughs> crazy, crazy. I know they. Well, I think they got at least they got some money for uh, for Laren. Kyle Laren. I think. Yeah. But, yeah. To miss out on Richie, who to me is like leaving the MLS. He's probably one of the I'd say top maybe three, four wing backs in the league, mm-hmm. right? And to they just let him go, man. But that's the thing, man. You never know. You just got to get your, make sure of your opportunity and take it. So, Mitch, I'm interested. How much inside scoop do you get? Um, it it kind of depends. Like, unfortunately, a lot of it I can't always say because I have a lot of friends of who work for various leagues. <laughs> yeah, so I'm yeah, not really yeah. a, not really a full, full on newsbreaker. But you know, you'll hear things here and there, and you're not always sure 100 what's what's fully true. Like, I don't do 
that much digging again because i'm not trying to i'm not trying to like <laughs> blow up people's spots really in the in the yeah. same way i would have when i was when i was a little younger but um yeah you you hear a fair amount of things but between just conversations and, and again different friends at different leagues and stuff. Yeah, different stuff yeah that's cool though what are your uh have you follow you follow obviously the cpl mm-hmm. what are your views on this this new league which i think has been amazing it's only growing i'm gonna get better and i think it's great for uh canadian youth but yeah what are your what are your views on the league yeah absolutely i mean it's it's pretty impressive what they've been able to do in you know, it's what two and a half seasons. You almost call it with the with the like island bubble. Like, yeah, there was there was so much worry about this league coming in, and then they had to deal with the pandemic like almost immediately. And they've still yeah. been able to like the product on the field is the main thing, and that's yeah. that's been way better than I think any of us thought it would be. With even some of the names coming in and just the the general level, and I think the best indicator of that is how. Forge in particular has competed with the rest of the yeah. region in, in the Champions League, like against some of the, you know, really solid clubs in, in CONCACAF and like traditionally solid clubs, like they've shown they're right up there on pretty small budgets. And I think, I think it's what it's indicating is what we've known for a lot of years is that there's a lot of ballers here in Canada, but they haven't had that outlet to, to yeah. express themselves. They've had to, you know, go to one of the three MLS clubs. And if they fall through the cracks there, like, that's it you know who's that's who it, knows yeah. what next if you don't have any connections like that's yeah that's it so i think this is a perfect jumping off platform and i think we're going to see a lot of these guys start making big moves because you know we've seen what canadians can do in europe we're talking about richie yeah like people are going to come calling for all kinds of canadian talent and they already are which is cool yeah it's cool to see this league grow and i feel like it's just been rapid too you see a lot of the um and who Mike, who's you're saying who's um is that Lucas McNaughton? Mm-hmm. Is that his name? He's yeah. he's linked with TFC at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, and that'd be a, a decent signing. I mean, we saw what uh, Joel Waterman did coming from Calgary and going into the Montreal Impact uh, yeah. back line, like RCF Montreal. Wow, <laughs> I've yeah. made that mistake in a while. That's it. <laughs> I'm in off season mode here, <laughs> um, but yeah, going to going to that club, like I think McNaughton coming off the championship obviously would be a nice little depth signing for Toronto FC, and I think. The first Canadian MLS side that really keys in on the fact that there's like a lot of guys that they can have at a bargain rate from the Canadian. Yeah, that's true. And those guys is like depth signings is, I think, really going to have a really solid squad. And do you know, like, I'm fairly certain he played in the OUA. Was he playing for like a Ryerson or like a UFT? I want to say UFT. Yeah, that is. uh, I think that's. Yeah, that's what that's what I was saying to Mm -hmm. Keith earlier. I feel like. In my last season, he might have been like a rookie or like in his second year or something like that. So I, I, I remember the name, but yeah, it's cool to see him climb the ranks. Yeah, that's like cool actually that he, have that opportunity. Yeah, that he had start like he played in CS or oh yeah, yeah, sorry, or UA, sorry, and uh, eventually made it there. Yeah, so that's cool. And I think there's going to be a lot more stories of kids we're going to hear like that on that road, which is good. Um, did you uh, do you hear about or? know anything about these these two pacific players that ended up in uh with forge yeah i mean that's the that's the ultimate power move isn't it like we lose the championship we're gonna take your best two players but honestly like my main takeaway is that i think forge has just been like the best thing to happen to this league i know like it's especially in an early part of the league like it's almost not ideal to have a team that's that dominant but like they've forced everyone else to really step up to their level like 
again, we're seeing what they're doing in Champions League. And now Pacific's going to get the opportunity to, to play some CONCACAF football as well. And, like, yeah. they force other teams to make big signings. And, like, this is another massive Huge. move. Like, this is what big clubs do. They lose right. – they have a disappointing season they go out and make a huge signing and taking your rival club's top two players is like as big as it gets so the Bayern Bayern Munich of the CPL <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah yeah this is yeah. a huge uh, this is the like basically them taking Lewandowski and yeah <laughs> craziness man so what is it the U21 like the young player of the year and then the was it Taren Taren is Taren it Campbell yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah man insane bro. so have you been able to get into any games CPL? Uh, for the Canadian Premier League, yeah, I've been to a couple. Uh, I'm based out of Waterloo mostly, so okay. in Hamilton and a couple York games. Like I've gotten to, gotten to a few, and yeah, I mean, how's the atmosphere with some of them? It's Otherwise. it's coming along. Like Forge, oh, yeah. Forge definitely is one of the better ones. Yeah, in, I see that in pictures and stuff. In the I'm gonna try yeah, and get to one this summer. Yeah, it's get it's getting there. I mean, obviously, it's it's nowhere near MLS yet, but some of these clubs are starting to build up some momentum here. And we saw what Pacific looked like when, when they beat the white caps in that one game, like little yeah. moments like that are going to start building the the fan base. And, and yeah, I think, uh, I think it's obviously just slowly moving And Halifax is another example of like, they put it yeah. in a perfect spot where they have nothing else really in terms of, you know, the sporting landscape. So that that's another amazing atmosphere where, you know, obviously we hope the team gets a little better there, but uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're moving in, in a solid direction fan wise. Yeah. No, it's good. It's I good. feel like Kitchener, Waterloo, Guelph area would have a good fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I hope. I mean, yeah, they, they had a pretty dominant uh, league one Ontario team. I think this year, I think, uh, so maybe some ex campl players. Yeah. Um, Guelph. Well, yeah, they won it. Yeah, they did. So that was a, uh, that's a good sign. Hopefully that uh, I know they've been trying to to do something here. I know with one of the university stadiums, but the pandemic and yeah. a bunch of stuff's kind of foiled uh, foiled their plans. And they obviously have to to find some kind of buyer um, to to make that happen. But I think uh, sooner rather than later, this is probably one of the markets that the Canadian Premier League wants to come into. And how many teams do they have right now? Uh, Campiel has eight, is and then eight? two prospective ones. I yeah, think there's. Okay. They've said they're developing a team in I think Saskatchewan area, and another one out in like BC mainland. Uh, they're working on oh, right good. now. So, yeah. That's good man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Slowly but surely, I'm sure we're gonna look back in like five years to what that league's gonna be like. I'm sure we're gonna have some kids that have been developed in there shining in MLS, bro. So, yeah. Look forward to it. Look forward to it. All right. Before we finish up. Didn't want to take too much of your time. Obviously, we got to talk three big games out of the month. Canada soccer. Yeah. Three massive, massive games. But unfortunately, man, they had to cancel this camp. Um, it was supposed to be this week, wasn't it? In yeah. Florida. Yeah, they would have announced the roster, I think. Uh, yeah. Early, like, I think they're supposed to announce it on New Year's Eve, so. Which is tough, right? It's tough they can't get the group together, or at least some of them together for some training before before those uh, three games, which would be tough. Because CUS has already has a group together. Mm-hmm. kind of sucks but no what are you guys thinking going to those three three important ones man two away two tough away games and then obviously the big one at home Mitch go ahead take take it on yeah I mean uh, first on the camp thing like it is obviously disappointing that they they couldn't make it happen I know they wanted to bring in a bunch of dual nationals as well to that camp and potentially yeah, see if they we, could we uh just, some of those guys yeah, just quickly we uh our um we play regionals together and our coach was Ruben Flores so little uh, Marcelo used to be there. Little yeah. Marcelo, crazy now this kid is at Arsenal, bro. I cannot yeah. believe it. It could be like little just juggling on the sideline. Now this kid's about to 
hopefully pick us. Wild, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I know that I think that would probably would have been one of the players they brought in. I know yeah. Stefan Mitrovic was supposed to come in, who's a Serbian Canadian yeah. dual international and getting a lot of uh, interest from a lot of clubs across Europe. So um, that is disappointing, but ultimately, like, this is a World Cup qualifier. What matters is they, they get the 11 players they need on the field. And, like, I think if they had an extra camp in Florida, like the risk of – you know, yeah. potentially, <laughs> potentially getting a COVID outbreak. Yeah, in there that's and, what, yeah, that's kind of smart to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously that looms large. Canada's three biggest players between Davies, David, Laren. Like, I think they're all in COVID protocol right yeah, now. If I'm not wrong, so like we obviously hope for recovery for them. We know what uh, sometimes this can linger, so yeah. that that'll be big. But overall, I mean, you know the it's it's a very interesting camp for Canada because it's the the venue that's caused them the biggest problems in terms of San Pedro Sula and going down into Honduras and all the nightmares that yeah. try to expel <laughs> down there and then the United States which is their biggest rival still and like almost big brother that they're they've been trying to beat for so many years and have finally started to to catch up with so if if there was ever a time to really really make that final statement that like we're going to the World Cup, it's yeah. it's getting something done in in Honduras and then 100%. the states. Yeah, bro. You know what I was gonna say? The funniest thing about those two kids, their dads are so active on Twitter. Oh, they're wild. Yeah, <laughs> so I active. On I haven't Twitter. seen the Mitchell. I haven't seen his, his dad. No, mm-hmm. well, I follow pretty, Ruben, but I, yeah. yeah, Ruben's like not too bad because he'll just like post whatever. But like uh mitro's dad just like posts like all of his workouts all of his stuff saying really? like, he's getting better like doing whatever like he's his hype man like where did 100%. he grow up oh, i think it was it was hamilton because him and hamilton? Uh, theo corbino yeah. are boys okay he's okay. a serb and of course he's in hamilton <laughs> <laughs> they but yeah bro they, their dads are hilarious on it but um yeah like you said i think like looking at it not having that camp is a big hit but that first game against Honduras, they got to just get it, get the mojo going. I think they got to pick up. If they can get six out of the nine points, they're fine. Oh, yeah. No. Six out of nine, of course, they're fine. You know, those they're going into trying to win every game. That's the thing mm-hmm. with this group now. That's the I mentality think, that's different. Yeah, which is good. I mean, I think, yeah, that first match is going to be very important down in Honduras. Yeah. Like you said, Mitch, we know what's been happening there in the past. So I'm excited to see. Also to see... um. Well, Honduras are buns, man. They got minus 10 gold. Yeah, bro. When going to play is different, man. Going to play down there is different. You still got to yeah. get the job done. It's very different. Got to get the, the fact. Job. The fact that two of those games are against seventh and eighth in the table, they got to win those two yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get six points there. And I know they'll be pumped up for the um, the States game, United States game. And hopefully, COVID with protocols here, hopefully that can be a full stadium, man. Mm-hmm. I really hope it can be a full stadium. That'd be a bummer if it can't be. Because we were talking, we talked to Oso, what was it, Keith, probably like two weeks ago now? Yeah. And Oso was just telling us, like, that game, like, that USA rivalry, and just, like, speaking on it. And we were like, need the fans there to fuel them, because he's, like, one of those guys that live off of it. So we're just like, oh, man, if they don't have it, like, it's such a different environment. Yeah, Bangalore's doors would suck, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at minimum, hopefully there'll be some border restrictions in place, so at least there'll oh, be, like, be, yeah. be like ten thousand, but Canadian fans at least. Yeah. So, so be, there'll be no Americans there. But yeah, no, I think that's a that's obviously a match. Like that's that's one of those statement matches for this country in terms of like what this can be as a building block, which is they want that popularity, and everyone knows Canada, U.S. in any sport. So that's a it's just an easily sellable game. 
Um, yeah. But yeah. Like you mentioned, I mean, it's never easy to go down to, no to those countries and that's how you like, basically that's how you win and lose in CONCACAF world qualifying yeah. is if you can do it on the road and, um, but yeah, the mentality of this team is completely different. There's an amazing story where Alfonso Davies, uh, John Herdman was asking them, they were kind of doing like a calculation of like, okay, which of these away games should we win? And Alfonso Davies just like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's the different mentality. Uh, you need that. Team. Yeah. And it's good to start to seep into all the guys too, which is amazing. We can see it on the field. They, they should have went down to, um, to Mexico could have, could have taken all three points, went to us, could have done the same. So yeah, it's definitely a different team, different uh, different cycle, and going to be interesting, though. Three big ones. Well, if they get yeah. all of those points, it could be a lock. Yeah. It could be, yeah. Which would even, be even se- Even seven. Mm-hmm. Bro. Even seven. Two and two and a draw, I think, would, would get you pretty close. Maybe just to win your next. You've got to win maybe one out of your last Yeah, it depends on what happens, like what Costa Rica and Jamaica are saying. But, yeah, it's... It could be a lock. That'd be yeah, six, crazy, man. Six games. When's the last uh, window? March? March, yeah. I think. And we have only still one home game there? I think it's only two home games left. Yeah, there's only the March uh, against Jamaica, I think. Jamaica. The last, yeah, yeah, that's it. Jamaica. Home. Yeah. Hopefully that's in Toronto. Bro, imagine Mikel Antonio back here in Toronto on the street. <laughs> we got to fill him up with some food or something. He's getting <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Isn't I, heard DeMar, I heard DeMar Gray is trying to play now for Jamaica. Yeah, man. Yeah. So imagine they had these guys all throughout the whole qualifying. It would have been a little bit different. But but they got no back line. That's their problem. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. It's always tough in this region, but I think we're looking all right. Yeah, we are looking good. But no, Mitch, thank you. I don't want to take too much of your time, but we do appreciate you joining us for this one. And uh, any more craziness goes on, I'm sure this month I might have to grab you for another quick one. But uh, no, I appreciate you taking some time, man. It's yeah, not it the sounds, first time. Yeah, sounds good. Appreciate it. And I, I would expect some more craziness. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely just the start, like, for oh, yeah. the national team for TFC. Like, there's there's going to be a bunch breaking over the next little yeah. bit. So. And honestly, I'm starting to love it. But, like, there's, like, a Canada soccer Twitter now that you can see. Mm-hmm. Which you never saw before, just people just going crazy with their takes and all this stuff, defending players, man. And I love it, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you see it in every other sport, so it's fine. Yeah, so it's finally now that we got it, we got it with so- with Canada soccer. I love it, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, thank you again, bro. Before you go, yes, our sure. listeners obviously plug your stuff. Where to find you? Where to listen to things? Where to catch you? All of that. Plug it now, so our people can go and follow you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, waking the red weekly. We do a weekly Toronto FC podcast, um, Waking the Red for all your TFC coverage. And of course, uh, Darby Mag on, on the socials for all the stuff we have cooking up there. Amazing, bro. Amazing. Amazing. Go follow just, it. Go it's just check Mitchell, it. It's just Mitch Turney for both. Yeah. 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 So go follow a good Twitter follow for you soccer fans, Insta fans, of course. But um, yes, go listen. If you're, you're a Toronto FC fan, go listen to that podcast. It's a good one. So thank you again, Mike. Good to see you. Happy New Year to you both. Happy New Year. And uh, yeah, you'll hear from us soon. Another First episode. one of the year. First one First of the year. Just our side podcast. Keith McCubia. Mike Pavella. Signing off. Later, boys.